Everybody, I got bad news. We've been canceled. Oh, no. Peter, how could they do that? Well, unfortunately, Lois, there's just no more room on the schedule. We've just got to accept the fact that Fox has to make room for terrific shows like Dark Angel, Titus, Undeclared, Action, That 80s Show, Wonder Falls, Fast Lane, Andy Richter Controls the Universe, Skin, Girls Club, Cracking Up, The Pits, Firefly, Get Real, Freaky Links, Wanda at Large, Costello, The Lone Gunman, A Minute with Stan Hooper, Normal Ohio, Pasadena, Harsh Realm, Keen Eddie, The Street, American Embassy, Cedric the Entertainer, The Tick, Louie, and Greg the Bunny. Is there no hope? Well, I suppose if all those shows go down the tubes, we might have a shot. I got the horses in the back, horse tack is attached. Hat is Maddie Black, got the boots and flat to match. Riding on a horse, you can whip your Porsche. I'm not a tough guy, gentle, I'm not rough guy. Just can't eat enough guy, I'm a cocoa puff guy. I'm that dad type, traumatized and sad type. Drinking till I'm mad type, don't know how to add type. I'm a fat guy. You're kidding, duh. <laughs> Hey everybody and welcome to Friggin' Sweet, a Family Guy podcast, the internet's number one week by week, episode by episode, look back at Family Guy. I'm your host with the most, and did I just see a ghost? No, because they're not real. But I'll tell you what is real. This week's fantastic season premiere episode, it is North by North Quahog, it is our season four season premiere, and it is our 51st episode overall. It was written specifically by Seth MacFarlane. Uh, to be concurrent with the season, uh, the seasons that came before it and the episodes that came before it. It's also a holdover of a script that was written before this, so that's probably why it feels that way. It was also directed by Peter Shin, who was the director of the pilot of the show, and I don't think it's a mistake that he was also the one to direct this comeback episode. It aired May 1st, 2005, and it aired along with a bunch of cartoons that we will talk about later. Um, This was really, really fun. Uh, If you heard the clip before, it was all of the shows that were canceled at this uh, in between seasons three and four whilst Family Guy was canceled. And a few notable ones are Firefly, that one became a cult sci-fi classic. I loved The Tick because I'm also a huge fan of that cartoon. And Greg the Bunny is notable. Uh, Peter looks at uh, Chris Griffin and Seth plays Chris and he also plays a character on that show. And I think that might have been a slight jab. This episode is uh, really special. It gives a lot of call outs to um, to the fans for, for bringing it back. Uh, this is like I said the season premieres for season four and over the break the season one and two DVD sales were off the fucking charts to over 2.2 million were sold it became the second highest selling DVD of all time behind Chappelle show and the third season of it sold by itself over a million copies and so with that and with how popular it became on Adult Swim it became 
definitely the number one show on that, as well as driving up its time slot by 239%. So Fox had no choice but to bring it back, and I think when they decided to do that, they decided to bring it back and slot it alongside the other cartoons and make a block out of it. American Dad was already out by the time this season was starting to come out. The first season of that was coming out alongside this concurrently. And it it's this season is just so fun. There's so many good episodes. I can't wait to get into it. I can't wait to get into this episode, so we're not going to wait very long. But first, we have a new... Uh, um, we have a new segment uh, that we're going to try out uh, this week. It is Freaking Sweet Shithead of the Week. Welcome to Shithead of the Week. This week's Shithead of the Week is Joe Manchin. Joe Manchin is the senator from West Virginia currently. He is also the former governor and secretary of state of West Virginia. And rest assured... Joe Manchin is a shithead. Joe Manchin is absolutely fucking rich and just voted against the $15 minimum wage hike as well as voting for several other terrible policies going along with uh, Republicans. He calls himself a moderate, but he's voted conservative more often than not, including voting for Brett Kavanaugh uh, to be confirmed to the United States Supreme Court. So, with that in mind, and with him being our very first shithead of the week, we are going to put 30 seconds on the clock, and go. Joe Manchin looks like he just farted, and he's waiting for the purse first to figure it out. He also looks like he has commercials running at midday and midnight to say that he can get you the most for your insurance claim. Joe Manchin is the most ironic name for a senator, considering that he voted against the common sense minimum wage hike that was just up in the Senate. And he looks like Michael Douglas without a soul. He also looks like he smells like leather and shame, respectively. And, you know, it must have been really fun for him getting to meet James Franco when they filmed 127 hours in the crags on his face. And there we go. All right. Uh, so, yeah. That'll do it for this week's Shithead of the Week. Join us next week when we trash somebody else for 30 seconds. And welcome back. And you heard everything about our cold open earlier on and then our theme song plays. And when this episode starts in earnest, it is Peter watching The Passion of the Christ uh, he tells Brian that, you know, if it were him, you know, he wouldn't have put up with all that shit. And we get a cut to him as Jesus getting whipped. And he's like, hey, 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 stop it. And the guy's like, all right, I'm sorry. And he's like, yeah, you bet you are. And um, it, that's really, really funny. Uh, when I was a kid, um, I went to a Catholic school and they took us on a retreat uh, to a church uh, that was in the in the parish, and they had us watch Passion of the Christ, and it was just absolutely god awful. Uh, I do not recommend that. Um, but Lois comes in, and he immediately throws his hands up. Ah, my hands are not in my pants, and she's like, "Good, good for you." She's like, "I went to Bed Bath and Beyond." He's like, "Oh, I hope he didn't go into that Beyond section," and uh, Peter. Um, 
he's we get a cutaway to him just opening a door and he's like ah he's falling through space and seeing all this crazy crap and he's like ah here are the coffee mugs and that's funny i suppose but i wonder which came first this or click uh i i think this might have come out first uh later on we see peter and lois and they get down in the bedroom uh it's really creaky super creaky it's like ah ah and just over and over again, we see everyone in the house uh, hearing it. Meg's trying to cover her ears, same as Chris. Evil Monkey's trying to hear more. Stewie is having a dream where he is an old southern gentleman on a porch in the south. And the creaking is his chair. And he goes, mm, it's good to have land. And that's funny. But she screams, uh, Lois screams out George and uh, he's like, who's George? And she's like, George Clooney? He's like, you, our sex life is so dull for you that you have to fantasize about George Clooney? And um, she tries to comfort him, and she's like, no. And he's like, you know, I don't know too much about that kinky stuff, but I suppose I could get into it if you want. Sorry, honey. I guess that things have become a little stale for me. Well, I, I don't know what to do. I mean, I, I don't really know that much about any kinky stuff. I mean, I, I could hook this car battery up to my nipples. Ah, 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 oh, God. Ow, 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 ow. Just doing it for you. Ow, 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 ow. Um, after all that, they end up talking themselves into taking a second honeymoon. Uh, she's like, oh, that's a great idea. He's like, yeah, we'll be just like the Honeymooners. And we get a cutaway joke to that. He's like, one of these days, Alice, one of these days. And she's like, yeah, yeah, all the way to the moon or whatever. And then he actually punches the shit out of her. And then he looks at the camera. He's like, Oof, shit. And he just kind of backs out of the scene, which is absolutely terrible, obviously. But it's a cartoon. Um... But we cut to the kids saying goodbye to the parents. Um, they're like, all right, uh, Brian's in charge. And Brian's like, I'll take care of the kids. Uh, and that's going to set up, you know, pretty much his entire story right there. Um, as they're leaving, Chris is a little overzealous. And he's like, I love you! And we cut inside to uh, just them starting to fight and a little bit but uh brian sits down and stewie comes up and he's like you know brian if 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 i if i if i uh go duty in my pants you're the only one around here to clean it and brian has uh, a pretty good comeback to that i'm not gonna change you what i said i'm not gonna change you well you can't be serious well what if what if i make a fudgy well i just won't i just won't that's all i just won't blast i just did <laughs> Chris, cut it out! Brian, Chris just picked his nose and he keeps touching me with his finger! What good is mining nose gold if I can't share it with the townspeople? Uh, Stewie and Brian make a deal after that, and we see Brian after that uh, changing Stewie's diaper, and Stewie ends up peeing on him. Uh, he's like, after torpedoes fire! It's funny, but he's just like, how does it taste? Smells, dog. Does it smell like servitude? And it's kind of funny because Brian, throughout the show, ends up uh, changing Stewie's diaper a lot. And in the episode where they're stuck in the bank vault, uh, he has to he he has to eat it, and it's gross. And um, after that, uh, 
they um, cut to Peter and Lois. They're on the road to a wonderful bed and breakfast. Peter wants to fucking pretzels. So he's like, Lois? Lois? So he just like smacks her face on the car window by jerking the wheel really fast. And he's like, oh, yeah, there you are. Hey, would you uh, hand me those uh, pretzels? And that's really fucked up. And he's like, why don't you go back to sleep? And then he's like, he's driving, but he gets bored. And so he starts reading a fucking Jughead comic. And uh, it's just like Jughead eating a shit ton of hamburgers, which isn't, I mean, first off, they don't have cheese. Terrible. If you're going to order a fucking burger without cheese and not be lactose intolerant, you're a fucking weirdo. But that's neither here nor there. He's holding the the comic book up while he's trying to drive, and he's like, you silly man, you can't eat all those hamburgers. And then at first he puts it down, and he's just kind of going off the road. And he does it again, and he puts the thing down, and he's like, ah, and he runs right into a fucking tree, and Lois is smacked. She's not wearing a seatbelt. She's like, she shouldn't go flying out of the car. She hits her head on the windshield, though, and she's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Oh, my fucking God, our car. Look at our fucking car. Oh, my God, I can't fucking let you drive. I can't fucking trust you, Peter Griffin. And the entire time that she is fucking screaming at him, he is just holding up his fucking comic book right in, in his face, just like he was when he was driving. And it's absolutely fucking terrible. And then that's when we go to our very first commercial break. And when we come back from our commercial break, we find Peter and Lois getting to a really shitty hotel. They walk in and there's a hooker um, on the bed. And uh, Lois is like, oh my god, there's a hooker on the bed. And he's like, stays perfectly still. Their vision is based on movement. And then the strip, and then the hooker is like, "Where'd you go?" Which is funny, but what's really funny about it is that's kind of like a parody to the Jurassic Park uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, moment, and I just think that's really funny. Um, Chris and Meg start fighting back at the house, and uh, Brian's trying to to break it up, but they're not listening, and then he kind of raises his voice a bit, and Chris is like. Uh, shut up! You don't can't tell me what to do. You don't have a soul. And Brian's like, "Ouch!" And um, it's really fucked up. And Stewie's like, "Come on, fucking yell at them!" And and so Brian's like, "Hey, chill the fuck out." Not really, but uh, they they chill out. And he's like, "Obviously, you guys just need like an activity to do. So let's read a book." He go, he's like, "Stewie, what's on the uh, Peter's bookshelf?" And he's like, uh, three Garfield books and a, the novelization of the movie Caddyshack. And we get a hard cut to Brian reading Caddyshack to the kids. And, um, and, uh, he's like, said Ty as he's sunk another ball. And then he gets interrupted by a phone call. And so he goes off and, uh, they're like, oh, thank God. And then Stewie pulls out a Garfield book and he starts talking uh, he starts reading this golf Garfield book to them, and he's like Garfield at large, normal. And it, what's funny, not really about this joke, other than the fact that he's just being that Stewie's being cute. But what's funny about it 
or what's funny about what I read about this on the Family Guy wiki is someone was like, um, he reads that Nermal is in uh, Garfield at Large, which is the first book about Garfield by Jim Larson. But actually, Nermal didn't show up until the third book about Garfield from Jim Larson. And I'm like, wow, guy on Family Guy Wiki, you are a huge nerd. I'm just kidding. I love the people at Family Guy Wiki. I use them for a lot of looking at stuff. But uh, seriously, sometimes the the random shit that you find on, on a wiki like that is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but Brian's phone call is that he is going to chaperone the dance. And there's... Obviously, you guys should listen to the episode, but there's... In a roundabout way, he gets to talking about uh, Geppetto, and we get a really terrible cutaway to Geppetto dropping his glasses in front of Pinocchio and bending over in front of Pinocchio, and then trying to get Pinocchio to lie so his nose will go up his ass, and it's absolutely terrible, and we here at Frickin' Sweet won't stand for it. Oh no, I dropped my glasses. Uh, by the way, uh, Pinocchio, uh, there was a cookie missing from the jar. Did you, uh, did you take it by any chance? Yes, Papa Gibetto. I'm sorry. Are you sure you took it? Because, uh, I'd believe you if you said you didn't. No, I took it, Papa. I wouldn't lie to you. You could try. Who knows, you might get away with it. See, we just won't fucking stand for it. That is the kind of shit that we here on Freakin' Sweet do not, uh, um sign off on we are not about that stuff we see peter and lois at a diner later on and they're like man maybe our second honeymoon idea just wasn't a good idea and then they see a news uh piece about a hotel that is uh like a really fancy hotel that's opening up uh in someplace by them and uh peter gets the idea well they see that um like mel gibson has a standing room there and he's like ah, i've got an idea and this is much better than that time i practiced with gene splicing which is funny because we cut to him uh and he's been spliced with an elk and splice is a terrible movie and we'll talk more about that later um but brian and Stewie uh, start, uh, they're chaperoning the dance, and they're like, yeah, this is kind of a good time. Man, that one eighth grader over there is ugly, and it's just Herbert in, in some kid's clothes, and he's like, don't forget to warm up your hammies before you dance. And uh, we cut to Chris and Jake Tucker, upside down face kid himself, in the bathroom. And they're like, come on, Chris, you got a drink. Come on, Chris. And they have a bottle of vodka. And Chris is like, I don't know, guys. And and uh, Jake's like, come on, it's fun, Chris. And he drinks it upside down face style. I'm thinking there's something about his upside down face that makes it not so bad. Also, the fact that he's Tom Tucker's son uh, probably doesn't hurt. And um, the moment Chris takes the bottle, a teacher comes in and busts them, and they get in trouble. And he's like, Chris Griffin, you're in trouble. And he's like, eh, not he. Uh, but uh, a G.I. Joe dude comes out and starts giving everyone a G.I. Joe speech, and it's absolutely fucking hilarious. He's absolutely right, kids, because when you drink, nobody wins. 
In fact, last year alone, there were over 27,000 deaths from chronic liver disease as a result of alcohol abuse. Now we know! And knowing is half the battle. And welcome back. And you heard everything about our cold open earlier on and then our theme song plays. And when this episode starts in earnest, it is Peter watching The Passion of the Christ. Uh, he tells Brian that, you know, if it were him, you know, he wouldn't have put up with all that shit. And we get a cut to him as Jesus getting whipped. And he's like, hey, 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 stop it. And the guy's like, all right, I'm sorry. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you bet you are. And um, it, that's really, really funny. Uh, when I was a kid, um, I went to a Catholic school and they took us on a retreat uh, to a church. Uh, that was in the in the parish, and they had us watch Passion of the Christ, and it was just absolutely god awful. Uh, I do not recommend that. Um, but Lois comes in, and he immediately throws his hands up. Ah, my hands are not my pants. And she's like, "Good, good for you." She's like, "I went to Bed Bath and Beyond." He's like, "Oh, I hope he didn't go into that Beyond section." And uh, Peter. Um, He's, we get a cutaway to him just opening a door, and he's like, ah, he's falling through space and seeing all this crazy crap. And he's like, ah, here are the coffee mugs. And that's funny, I suppose. But I wonder which came first, this or click. Uh, I, I think this might have come out first. Uh, later on, we see Peter and Lois, and they get down in the bedroom. Uh, it's really creaky, super creaky. It's like, ah, ah. And just over and over again, we see everyone in the house uh, hearing it. Meg's trying to cover her ears, same as Chris. Evil Monkey's trying to hear more. Stewie's having a dream where he is an old southern gentleman on a porch in the south. And the creaking is his chair. And he goes, mm, it's good to have land. And that's funny. But she screams, uh, Lois screams out George. And uh, he's like, who's George? And she's like, George Clooney? He's like, you, our sex life is so dull for you that you have to fantasize about George Clooney? And um, she tries to comfort him, and she's like, no. And he's like, you know, I don't know too much about that kinky stuff, but I suppose I could get into it if you want. Um, after all that, they end up talking themselves into taking a second honeymoon, uh, she's like, oh, that's a great idea. He's like, yeah, we'll be just like the Honeymooners. And we get a cutaway joke to that. He's like, one of these days, Alice, one of these days. And she's like, yeah, yeah, all the way to the moon or whatever. And then he actually punches the shit out of her. And then he looks at the camera. He's like, Oof, shit. And he just kind of backs out of the scene, which is absolutely terrible, obviously. But it's a cartoon. Um, But... We cut to the kids saying goodbye to the parents. Um, they're like, all right, uh, Brian's in charge. And Brian's like, I'll take care of the kids. Uh, and that's going to set up you know, pretty much his entire story right there. Um, as they're leaving, Chris is a little overzealous. And he's like, I love you! And we cut inside to uh, just them starting to fight. And a little bit, but uh, Brian sits down and Stewie comes up and he's like, you know, Brian, if, if, if I, if I, if I, uh, 
go duty in my pants. You're the only one around here to clean it. And Brian has uh, a pretty good comeback to that. Uh, Stewie and Brian make a deal after that. And we see Brian after that uh, changing Stewie's diaper. And Stewie ends up peeing on him. Uh, he's like, after torpedoes fire! It's funny, but he's just like, how does it smell, dog? Does it smell like servitude? And it's kind of funny because Brian throughout the show ends up uh, changing Stewie's diaper a lot. And in the episode where they're stuck in the bank vault, uh, he has to he, he has to eat it, and it's gross. And um, after that, uh, they um, cut to Peter and Lois. They're on the road to a wonderful bed and breakfast. Peter wants to fucking pretzels. So he's like, Lawish? Lawish? So he just like smacks her face on the car window by jerking the wheel really fast. And he's like, oh, yeah, there you are. Hey, would you uh, hand me those uh, pretzels? And that's really fucked up. And he's like, why don't you go back to sleep? And then he's like, he's driving, but he gets bored. And so he starts reading a fucking Jughead comic. And, uh, it's just, like, Jughead eating a shit ton of hamburgers, which isn't, I mean, first off, they don't have cheese. Terrible. If you're gonna order a fucking burger without cheese and not be lactose intolerant, you're a fucking weirdo. But that's neither here nor there. He's holding the, the comic book up while he's trying to drive, and he's like, you silly man, you can't eat all those hamburgers. And then at first he puts it down, and he's just kind of going off the road. And he does it again, and he puts the thing down, and he's like, ah, and he runs right into a fucking tree, and Lois is smacked. She's not wearing a seatbelt. She's like, she shouldn't go flying out of the car. She hits her head on the windshield, though, and she's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? Oh, my fucking God, our car. Look at our fucking car. Oh, my God, I can't fucking let you drive. I can't fucking trust you, Peter Griffin. And the entire time that she is fucking screaming at him, he is just holding up his fucking comic book right in, in his face, just like he was when he was driving. And it's absolutely fucking terrible. And then that's when we go to our very first commercial break. And when we come back from our commercial break, we find Peter and Lois getting to a really shitty hotel. They walk in and there's a hooker um, on the bed. And... Uh, Lois is like, oh my god, there's a hooker on the bed. And he's like, stays perfectly still. Their vision is based on movement. And then the the hooker is like, where'd you go? Which is funny. But what's really funny about it is that's kind of like a parody to the Jurassic Park uh, Tyrannosaurus Rex uh, moment. And I just think that's really funny. Um, Chris and Meg start fighting back at the house. And uh, Brian's trying to to break it up, but they're not listening. And then he kind of raises his voice a bit. And Chris is like, uh, shut up. You don't care. Tell me what to do. You don't have a soul. And Brian's like, ouch. And um, it's really fucked up. And Stewie's like, come on, fucking yell at him. And, and so Brian's like, hey, chill the fuck out. Not really. But uh, they they chill out, and he's like, obviously, you guys just need, like, an activity to do, so let's read a book. He go, He's like, Stewie, what's on the uh, Peter's bookshelf? And he's like, uh, three Garfield books and a, the novelization of the movie Caddyshack. And we get a hard cut to Brian reading Caddyshack to the kids. 
and um, and uh, he's like, said Ty as he's sunk another ball, and then he gets interrupted by a phone call. And so he goes off, and uh, they're like, oh, thank God. And then Stewie pulls out a Garfield book, and he starts talking. Uh, he starts reading this golf Garfield book to them. And he's like, Garfield at large, normal. And it, what's funny, not really about this joke, other than the fact that he's just being, that Stewie's being cute. But what's funny about it, or what's funny about what I read about this on the Family Guy wiki is someone was like, um, he reads that Nermal is in uh, Garfield at Large, which is the first book about Garfield by Jim Larson. But actually, Nermal didn't show up until the third book about Garfield from Jim Larson. And I'm like, wow, guy on Family Guy Wiki, you are a huge nerd. I'm just kidding. I love the people at Family Guy Wiki. I use them for a lot of looking at stuff, but, uh, seriously, sometimes the, the random shit that you find on, on a wiki like that is absolutely ridiculous. Um, but Brian's phone call is that he is going to chaperone the dance, and there's, obviously, you guys should listen to the episode, but there's, in a roundabout way, he gets to talking about, uh, Geppetto, and we get a really terrible cutaway to, Geppetto dropping his glasses in front of Pinocchio and bending over in front of Pinocchio and then trying to get Pinocchio to lie so his nose will go up his ass. And it's absolutely terrible. And we here at Frickin' Sweet won't stand for it. See? We just won't fucking stand for it. That is the kind of shit that we here on Frickin' Sweet do not... uh, um, sign off on we are not about that stuff we see peter and lois at a diner later on and they're like man maybe our second honeymoon idea just wasn't a good idea and then they see a news uh piece about a hotel that is uh like a really fancy hotel that's opening up uh in someplace by them and uh peter gets the idea well they see that um like mel gibson has a standing room there and he's like i've got an idea and this is much better than that time i practiced with gene splicing which is funny because we cut to him uh and he's been spliced with an elk and splice is a terrible movie and we'll talk more about that later um but brian and Stewie uh, start, uh, they're chaperoning the dance, and they're like, yeah, this is kind of a good time. Man, that one eighth grader over there is ugly, and it's just Herbert in, in some kid's clothes, and he's like, don't forget to warm up your hammies before you dance. And uh, we cut to Chris and Jake Tucker, upside down face kid himself, in the bathroom. And they're like, come on, Chris, you got a drink. Come on, Chris. And they have a bottle of vodka. And Chris is like, well, I don't know, guys. And and uh, Jake's like, come on, it's fun, Chris. And he drinks it upside down face style. I'm thinking there's something about his upside down face that makes it not so bad. Also, the fact that he's Tom Tucker's son uh, probably doesn't hurt. And um, the moment Chris takes the bottle, a teacher comes in and busts them, and they get in trouble. And he's like, Chris Griffin, you're in trouble. And he's like, eh, not he, uh, but uh, a G.I. Joe dude comes out and starts giving everyone a G.I. Joe speech, and it's absolutely fucking hilarious.
Peter and Lois later on sneak into the hotel, and Peter's like, uh, yes, I'm uh, Mel Gibson. And the guy's like, you're Mel Gibson. He's like, I'm in uh, character. I'm Peter Griffin. I'm an English soldier who freed English from the England. And uh, the guy's like, oh my God, yeah, here's your key. And so they go up and they're like marveling at how crazy this hotel room is. They're like, look, it's even got high class British porn. And we get a cutaway to a British porn thing. And he's like, almost, almost, almost. There we are. Good show. And um, we cut to Chris and Stewie and Brian on their way home from the dance. Uh, Stewie and Brian have been told the situation. And Stewie is yelling at Chris. He's like, what do you think you were doing? Huh? Do you think you were cool? And Chris is like, ah, it wasn't me, really. It was Jake Tucker. And Stewie's like, well, we're going to have a talk with his father tomorrow after my burping. And he's and he's like, do you want me to pull over? Whatever. You, oh, we'll pull over. And so Brian pulls over. And Stewie starts spanking Chris really hard, and Chris is crying. He's like, what do you tell your teacher? I got hit by a baseball. And Brian's just smoking a cigarette at the back of the car with a Dennis Kucinich sticker on the back of his fucking Prius, which is funny. And um, then uh, we cut back to Peter and Lois at the Park Barrington Hotel. They're getting it on. And Peter's hoping that this uh, this act of criminal abandon will uh, elicit Lois's love for him. However, during the throes of passion, instead of yelling Peter, she yells Mel. And Peter is like, Peter's like, oh my God, you yelled Mel? You were thinking about Mel Gibson? And she's like, eh? And, and he's like, ugh. And he's just so sad. And that's where we get our second commercial break. And with that, we are going to take a quick break to talk about the all the all the episodes of The Simpsons, all the other cartoons that played right around this episode. Because on this night, they played new episodes of King of the Hill, The Simpsons, and American Dad. Longtime listeners of this show will remember that we started talking about the episodes of the other cartoons and everything that played around Family Guy at the time of its premiere. So in that vein, we thought that we might talk about that because this night actually was a big night for Fox. Uh, they started off with an episode of King of the Hill that was really good. Then they played a Malcolm in the Middle episode. Uh, they premiered, um, or they played Simpsons. Don't Fear the Roofer, which is where Ray Romano plays a guest star, and no one can under no one can like seemingly see him, and and they think he might be an imaginary friend of Homer's, but he's not. And then they debuted a Simpsons episode where um, they put vending machines in the school, and Bart gets addicted and has a heart attack and gets and gets uh, chubby, and it's really it's a it's a good episode. Um, those led into the premiere of season four of Family Guy. Those both those episodes of The Simpsons pulled in uh, six point five, uh, respectively. Family Guy pulled in eleven point nine uh, at the eight o'clock hour, and then the second half of that hour was anchored by American Dad, the very second episode of American Dad called Threat Levels. It's a fantastic episode. 
Um, we might do a couple of American Dad episodes, just as special things here and there. Uh, now that we've gotten to the point where they're probably going to be playing right around the same time. American Dad is the, was supposed to be the spiritual successor to Family Guy after its canceling. But uh, Family Guy had grown so popular, Fox had no choice but to bring it back. But they ended up playing together for uh, years and years and years. And that was really good for you know people like me. Especially when they moved all four of these shows, instead of without Malcolm in the Middle... Um, to Sundays, and it became the animation domination, um, you know, two-hour block of cartoons that was King of the Hill, Simpsons, Family Guy, American Dad for uh, years, and that was just the anchor of Sunday nights. Um, Family Guy did not win its time slot that night, however. Uh, Family Guy was beaten by Desperate Housewives, which pulled in a savage 15.8. But Family Guy did manage to outscore Grey's Anatomy, which came on after Desperate Housewives, uh, with an 11.3, which I think is still good if you're able to beat Grey's Anatomy uh, back in 2005 when it was in its heyday. Um, but like I said, we just wanted to throw it back to how we used to do it, and we'll probably pop in now that... Now that around this time is when they start putting all these together, so it'll be easier um, to group all these episodes together before they played on separate nights. This was actually a Thursday night, um, but really soon after this, they're going to move everything to Sundays, and so I'm going to be able to tell you what episodes of King of the Hill, uh, American Dad, and Simpsons played at the same time as our Family Guy episodes. So look forward to that. Uh, but like I said, this was a really good night. Uh, those were really good episodes and that's a really good episode of American dad. And it's the second one. Um, so I really recommend you guys checking all those out and now we'll get you right back to our regularly scheduled episode. And welcome back. Wasn't that fun learning about all those episodes? And we're going to try and do that. Uh, like I said before, now that they're going to be grouped together more often. Uh, we get back into our episode with Brian and Stewie in bed, like an old married couple. And Stewie is doing a needlepoint that says, Die Lois. Uh, later on in on uh, on the inside, when they're going through the back of the, of like the Family Guy offices, and that is one of the memorabilia items that is on one of the displays and uh stewie's like do you think we were too hard on him and brian's like no i don't think so and and it's just a really funny this this episode is kind of the first time that brian and stewie have gotten along outside of a road two episode and that's kind of cool i think that just kind of set the tone for how they were going to go and i think this episode kind of set the tone for how stewie might change his character going forward uh, Peter and Lois uh, are still arguing back at their hotel room. He's like, I can't believe you don't find me attractive anymore. And she's like, I don't know what to tell you, Peter. He's like, man, I guess we're just going to be one of those couples that just like stares at each other across the breakfast table talking about how much they love Total. And she's like, ooh, I love Total. And she's like, yeah, me too. And it's good for us too. Oh my God, it started. And uh, they st- he starts freaking out and he leans back onto a pressure plate and he opens up a secret screening room, which is weird. Why would you need a secret screening room if those 
aren't going to be like for weird snuff films or gross shit. Why would you need a secret screening room? I don't know. But um, when they get in there, they find that uh, Mel Gibson has been producing the second Passion of the Christ. But this Passion of the Christ seems like something that I could get behind. In the year 33 AD. The Messiah! He's gone! Where did he go? Hang on! Man, you crazy, Jesus! You crazy! That's what my ex-wife said. But the son of God, you sure are a son of a... Whoa! Chris Tucker and Jim Caviezel? Is that it? The guy from the first one? Passion of the Christ 2. Crucify this. Yes, this Passion of the Christ sounds bad fucking ass. There's a part where he's uh, they're firing guns at somebody and he asks Chris Tucker, he's like, do you know how to use one of these? And Chris Tucker's like, you know how to use one of these? And that's hilarious. Uh, I feel like Chris Tucker's not... I feel like I haven't seen Chris Tucker in forever. Um, but it's really funny. And with that, I just want to take a quick second to talk about the top three movies that don't deserve sequels. Number three, Knives Out. Why doesn't it deserve a sequel? Because it's so good. That movie is just too good. And there is no sequel that can follow up on that fucking thing. Number three, Splice. Fuck. Number two, Splice. Why does this one deserve a sequel? Because I don't want one. I do not need to hear the rest of this story. This is um, Amy Adams, Adrian Brody, uh, creating a being that is spliced between human and tons of different animals. They treat it like their child, and then Adrian Brody has sex with it. Then it um, changes sex, kills Adrian Brody, and then rapes Amy Adams, and then she gets pregnant, and she decides to have the baby, and I'm good on that, I don't need to know how that ends, and, uh, no one, neither does anyone else, so, number two, Splice, no sequel, not because it doesn't, um, because it couldn't have one, but because I don't want one, and number one, the number one movie that does not need a sequel, Avatar, I understand that there's five sequels on the way, but seriously, that was like 13, 14, close to 15 years ago. We don't need that, honestly, and no one's clamoring for it. I have never heard anyone in the past forever being like, man, I can't wait till the next Avatar. And what haven't you closed up? He beat the bad guys, I think, and saved the planet. And so unless you're going to be using that Avatar project to like be doing other aliens i don't see the point anyways that's just that's my rant for the top three movies that do not need a sequel and with that we move on to actually was uh, let me take a quick second back there because when they because peter decides to steal the movie he's like i'm gonna destroy this thing and she is like um, you know, you can't, you know, it's one thing to steal his bath towels, uh, bed sheets and Nazi paraphernalia, but to steal a movie from him, which is hilarious because his dad is notoriously anti-Semitic. So is Mel Gibson. But, um, as, uh, he, he, Peter resolves to do this 
and we cut downstairs to two priests coming up to the front desk being like, hey, Mr. Gibson left something in his room and we're coming to get it. And he's like, actually, Mr. Gibson just checked out and they see Peter and Peter starts running uh, with Lois and they get into their car and the priests are chasing them. Actually, the priests throw their fucking like white collar bands at them. And that's really funny. Um, but this starts a sweet fucking Blues Brothers chase where they end up going through the mall and it's really, really fun. They they um, uh, they go around the piano and the people and the, the priests go flying off and it's so funny. And Lois is like, Peter! And she's like, Lois, how many times have I done this? And she's like, all right, well, just be careful. And that's hilarious. Back at the house, Brian and Stu are back in Quahog. Brian and Stewie visit Tom Tucker to talk about uh, Chris taking the fall for Jake. And before they get inside, Brian's like, hey, just so you know, don't say anything about his kid having an upside-down face. And Stewie's like, I will not do that. And he's really indignant about it. And when they get inside, they're talking, and Brian's being normal. And he's like, you know, this whole situation has just turned Chris's life upside down face. And then Stewie just gives him just, he turns his head fully sideways, wide-eyed, and he's like, you motherfucker. And um, Tom Tucker's really obstinate about it. He's like, oh, well, I don't care. It's not our problem that his whole life has turned upside down face. You know, fuck you. And it's really funny. He introduces his wife. This is my wife. Hey, do you want anything to drink? And she's like, Go to hell, Tom. Already there, hon. And it's really funny. And um, because he's such a dick, uh, Brian starts rubbing his ass all over the floor. And he's like, yeah, yeah, you don't like this, do you, huh? Do you? And he's like, get out of here. And um, finally, uh, Brian uh, uh, acquiesces and leaves. And him and Stewie get into uh, his Prius that he's driving at this point. And they're just so damn mad, they start planning on how to get back at Jake Tucker. There's gotta be a way to get back at Jake Tucker for what he did to Chris. <gasps> I know, I know, I know! Let's plant drugs in his locker! Oh my god, that's a great idea! Yeah, thought you'd like that! Hey, look at that Yosemite Sam mud flap! You better stay back, Brian! <sighs> Peter and Lois end up burying the film. Um, uh, they end up burying the film a la North by Northwest. It's so, so shot for shot. Um, this obviously episode is based on Alfred Hitchcock's North by Northwest. And it's just so damn good how well they managed to, um, do it like shot for shot but also the music is really reminiscent of the music from north by northwest um as i get things done that's why they sent me to congress to to get them to go to war and so we get a cutaway to him and he's like yeah you know anyone who doesn't want to go to war is gay and they start yelling i was the first one who wanted to go to war and that's absolutely terrible but that is how you get people like that to do anything it's fucking terrible Lindsey Graham knows what I'm talking about and um, uh, Lois is kidnapped while he's burying the film in a cornfield for some reason and this is after Peter is chased by the crop duster that ends up kidnapping Lois and he's left a note by Mel Gibson um, who is like 
it, it says, hey, come get your wife at my estate on Mount Rushmore, which is very reminiscent of the bad guy um, Van Damme from North by Northwest. That's who the um, bad guy's name was. It's really badass. And Peter's playing the part of Cary Grant. Good for Peter. But the uh, note also... And the note also says, hey, check out my movie Bird on a Wire on TBS Superstation, which is just really, really funny. Uh, we cut to Mel's, uh, you know, uh, place on Mount Rushmore where he is waiting for Peter with Lois. And Lois is like, what are you going to do to me? Personally, Mrs. Griffin, I'm doing this because I have to. What are you going to do to me? What are you going to do to me? As soon as your husband gives me what I want, you're free to go. Anybody home? (laughs) Peter! That's really, he's like, look, I put a dog turd in there, Lois. And so, you know, he won't get the movie. And uh, Mel's like, hey, there's a dog turd in here. And Peter didn't think he was going to open it right then. So they run off and Mel's like, the priests go to run and Mel's like, no, I'll deal with them myself and he pulls out a gun and blows off a lock off of a safe and then opens the safe and pulls out a gun and he starts chasing them and um they rush out on the mount rushmore and it looks just like north by northwest um actually lois says we're on the monument and that's exactly a line from uh north by northwest Mel starts shooting at them, and so they start going down the monument, and they get down to Washington's lips, and Lois slips, and I didn't mean to rhyme, and she falls and catches herself on the lip, and Lo- or Peter comes down to try and help her, and he holds on from the nose, and he's like, hey, hey, hey Lois, look, I'm a booger, and um, she's like, Peter, oh my god, come on, and... Um, as he's helping her up, Mel comes around the corner and points the gun at them. And Peter tricks Mel Gibson into being like, Hey, Mel, look, an uh, interracial gay couple over there trying to get married. And um, Mel uh, walks right off the monument without even like giving it a second thought. And Lois is like, Oh my God, he just walked right off. And Peter's like, Of course he did. Christians don't believe in gravity and that's hilarious they get to the top of the monument and Lois gets on top of them or she gets pulled on top of them and she's like Peter the Spock's back and so they're like all right and they start doing it and as they're doing it Lois yells out Peter and Peter's like yes and Washington's like Jefferson check it out lady getting slammed on my forehead and Jefferson's like hey Teddy tell Frankenstein down there and um, notoriously uh, cross-dressing Abraham Lincoln or Babraham Lincoln if you will is like hey come on guys not cool not funny and that's actually really funny. That's always been a really funny joke for me. I, I really think Abraham Lincoln was a cross-dresser, which is cool. I'm not here to yuck yums, you know what I'm saying? 
Um, but they're doing it on the monument, and that's totally rad. We cut back to the house, and Chris is totally exonerated on the news. Tom is like the the real uh, person who brought the vodkas in trouble, and he's a very bad boy. We cut to Ollie Williams for the uh, for for the um, punishment forecast, and he's like, "He go get it," and that's uh, really funny. We cut to Meg and uh Stewie and Brian talking about how they uh set up Jake uh with drugs in his locker and then um greased up deaf guy takes us out by saying it is great to be back America um a not even bailed uh just just straight up hey we're we're really thankful for you guys helping us get back on the air uh, from the Family Guy writers and animators, and I'm sure everybody worked at the show. Um, and we're going to let this episode go out with that. Um, but this was a, a, a lot of fun, and this episode was really fun. Not We're going we're not going to let the episode go out that, with that, but we are going uh, to end this part with it. Um, but it's really funny that they set Jake up with drugs in his locker. That's really fucked up. They said they like, I think they put like cocaine in his locker and that's uh he probably got really fucked over for that. In local news, a Buddy Cianci Jr. high school student has been arrested for possession of drugs. The student has been sentenced to 200 hours of community service and is a very bad boy. We now go to Ollie Williams for the punishment forecast. Ollie? Here you get it! Thanks, Ollie. Now this. So you actually put coke in that kid's locker? Yep. Wow, where'd you get it? Oh, I got a guy. Don't let it get the best of you. I used to be a lawyer. See you next week. Good to be back, America. And that will do it for us here at Frickin' Sweet. A Family Guy podcast. Thanks for joining us. We had a lot of fun this week. This episode is absolutely hilarious, uh, and it's it's really special because Seth MacFarlane wrote it himself. It's one of a few episodes that he wrote himself, including the pilot in this episode. Um, like I said, this episode's really funny, and it really does uh, jive along with the rest of the previous seasons and episodes. That's probably because it was. Um, uh, taken from a holdover script from before, uh, that probably it feels why it, um, it it's based on a script that that they had written before, I believe. But it was a lot of fun to do. And if you'd like to send us an email, you can at frickin' sweet familypod at gmail com, or you can go to our page at anchor fm slash frickin' sweet and check out our entire backlog of episodes, including all of our bonus episodes from our past interstitial season between seasons three and four, including freaking sweet cartoons, uh, freaking sweet movies, uh, freaking sweet stuff, and uh, all sorts of stuff. We've also got the um, Stewie Griffin Untold Story three-part special that we put out a long time ago that came out between season three and four, people. Go get on that. And we've got tons of other bonus episodes, including the Origins of Family Guy. Uh, you can also send us a voicemail at anchor.fm slash frickin' sweet. And you can hear it played right here on the show. Like, like I said, this week was so much fun. I'm glad to be getting back to our weekly 
uh, episode by episode format. I I miss miss doing the regular show. It was fun to do all that uh, you know fun stuff over the break, but still. Uh, next week we will be doing the episode Fast Times at Buddy Shanty Junior High. Uh, it's going to be a really good Chris episode. Uh, Chris falls in love with his teacher and it leads him down a dark path and it's going to be a lot of fun so tune in for that and we'll see you next week bye it seems today that all you see is vile a bag of weed a bag of weed oh everything is better with a bag of weed it's the only nothing you'll ever need Though they try to defeat me, they can all just freaking eat me. To make you call fellatio a trouser-friendly kiss is the plain situation. Be sure that you see that this is not a chive.